Hey, Biz Dads, welcome back. It's time for another great episode of The Biz Dads. It's great to be back with you guys. We've got a fun show for you. Just totally random, a little bit all over the place, gang. We're going to talk about uh, the big news in the Gaskins household. We'll talk about some fun stuff coming up with movies around Christmas. We're going to jump into a couple sports biz nudes happening. And then I've got a conversation. I want to talk about what I've been doing with this big-ass calendar club and planning for 2021. How are you planning and what kind of goals do you set? And we'll cap things off for the final four. What's your favorite holiday activity as we zone in on Christmas? Let's jump into it. This week's Biz Dads. Hey gang, what's happening? Twist, big weekend, how was it? It was awesome. She was very surprised. She did not listen to the podcast, thank goodness. No coup there, but she was very happy. All of her friends and family were there, and he did extremely well. The ring is beautiful. They also got a puppy, so they had a pun-filled weekend, but they're so happy and engaged. So, woohoo. That's a big weekend to get engaged and get a puppy. It seems like you're jumping you know, too much into the bee's nest. Oh, and they're moving in together in a month. So they got jam-packed month. You know, if they had have actually listened to Biz, Biz Dad's podcast, they would know that there is a recipe to follow. And it's not just throw everything into a bowl, mix till warm. And we should maybe talk to her, maybe have her on here as a guest. What do you think, Andres? That's a big weekend. A dog move in, but more importantly, an engagement. Wow. What's the plan on this, this like, dog was it something they'd been talking about, or who has the dog until they move nice. into each move in together? I they assume live, that they plan to move in together. They plan to move in together in a month, but they live on the same street, so they're co-parenting. So they just have one of those big leashes where the dog runs from door to door <laughs> until they move in together. Not that close, but they <laughs> are just gonna co-parent for the next month. I'm starting to think this whole thing wasn't thought out. I don't know. My kids want a dog for Christmas from Santa, Brad, and Anne, and they want a golden retriever. So Heidi American. been engaged with the elves, talking it up at the North Pole, and it turns out that you can't just get a dog anymore. Now you have to, like, go through all these breeders, and they have to sell you the dog that's got all the championship DNA, and it's, mm-hmm. like, a six-month waiting list, and I don't know. It's not how I got dogs growing up. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this. Okay, look, it's time for me to jump back on a soapbox here. You don't need to go through all that trouble just to get a dog. There is the Humane Society. Everybody, there's online portals. Everybody was willing to give you a dog if you're willing to save a dog. We got Roxy from Wolfstock. Saved her. Poor little pathetic soul. You know, over there in the corner. We're like, oh, look how sweet she is. Next thing you know, she's in the car on the way home. It took no time at all. It cost me like 300 bucks to pay for all the fees and shots and all that jazz. But we got a dog immediately. Instant gratification. Uh, So the elves, the the elves, uh, the elves need to get to work. So let me give you a, a backstory. We adopted a dog from a rescue agency. You remember I remember this dog. I do. Reuben had a pretty traumatic life before we got him, it turns out. And he had some incidents, to say the least. We are totally in support of the, uh, the, the pet adoption. Heidi was actually telling me over the weekend that Savannah, Georgia, had a huge successful like adoption push recently and adopted every last dog in their shelter recently so i know dogs hard to get it's like getting a bike during covid everybody (laughs) rushed down to get a bike and get a dog so anyway you know i think we need to um at some point we're going to need to go back to this this trend that is happening in the dog adoption world so we've had a bunch of family friends who have gotten dogs and all of them have been like purebred completely expensive dogs that yeah. still pee and poop everywhere Couple still have a hard time training them yeah they're two grand in while reuben probably was not easy to deal with we were our friendship survived an incident or two between wally and reuben if you remember he's still a great dog so <laughs> he was he was, a, he was a good dog yeah so i don't know we'll, we'll see i we've been doing a, a service well we've been providing a service i should say through I don't know, some some company that Heidi found uh, where we dog sit for families. And so over the last, I don't know, four to five months, we've had, um, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 different dogs over at the house, usually for 
a long weekend, sometimes for a week, sometimes 10 days. So we've had a, we've had a lot of dogs in the house over the last year, which has been fun. It gets us a chance to test out and see kind of different breeds, what kind of behavior we want. Do we want a boy? Do we want a girl? Do we want a small dog? Do we want a big dog? A lot goes into it, man. Remember when everything used to just be easy and if you, you just would go get a dog or you would just go buy a car and now everything is like research and how many people have opinions. Things yeah. used to be so much easier. Yeah. That's what we did with Ruben. We just we said, let's just go with whatever they bring over. And, you know, he was he was a loyal dog, but, man, he had some behavioral challenges. So, anyway, we digress. Brad, what did you do? What did you do with the rest of your weekend? Um, rest of the weekend. Well, Margaret Ann went off to a girls' night for a birthday party at Chateau Alon on Saturday. So, I had the boys. So, luckily, we had a couple other friends bring their boys over and the boys ran around and we cooked steaks and so it ended up being a pretty cool night just hanging out and then uh it is funny i'll give you we went to church on sunday and it was before margaret ann got home and i it's it's really hard to tell your wife this but it's so obvious that when she is not there as like the safety blanket my kids are so much more well behaved so i hope she doesn't listen to this episode and if she does i'll blame you because you made this part of the pre-show meeting, just cover my paces. But no, I mean it's 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 crazy. It's like she's an incredible mother, and 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 she's so good with the boys. But they, I don't know if it's just a mom thing or what, but they have this this mode in them to where they're just kind of like more needy and, and a little more picky at each other and whatnot when mom's around. But it was just three of us, dude. They were the best they have ever been sitting in church. Like sitting still, paying attention, listening. We went on a, you know, we went to get some stuff at Target afterwards. We had gotten donuts for them before. And I mean, it's incredible. It's like, who are these kids? <laughs> and then Margaret Ann gets home. It's like, Mom, we love you. We missed you. Hey, welcome back. How was your time? Blah, blah, blah. Ten minutes. <laughs> kids are at each other. I'm like, hey, 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 what the hell just happened to the two kids that were here a minute ago? So anyway, that was my Sunday. And then we had a birthday party and it was all great. It was all fun. And, and, and I'm obviously exaggerating, but it is pretty amazing that, that uh, I don't know if it's the same way when I'm not around and, and they're good for her. They seem to be better for one parent than they are for both. I don't know what the, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe they feel sorry for us when we're solo. Who knows? Yeah, well, I can tell you that our wives definitely do listen to the show because after that segment last week when we talked about our engagements and I got the number of years wrong that we actually yep. dated. It was uh, yeah. actually 7 and got married I think you're 8, not 6 and you're seven. I didn't know I really didn't know if you were going to mention that because I was going to drop in with an editorial change uh, yeah. later in the show to make sure cuz she did make time to send a text that specifically said we dated for eight years not six yeah um, and well, I, we, I know my wife listens to the yeah, show so i'll be in married, trouble after this we got married in year i want to say nine or eight let's go with nine it sounds better she'll be she'll be glad i look and like now i mean that's two decades of happiness you know so what's she, what she complaining I, about i know well she blames me all the time because i always wanted to have five children and we have three beautiful wonderful healthy children that I wouldn't trade for the world. Um, but because we started late, there was no way. <laughs> I was having kids into our 40s. So. I think I've always told you that I thought you were just batshit crazy <laughs> wanting five kids. You were taking this whole Catholic thing way too far. Oh, yeah. No, it's been it's been a good run. Yeah, 20 years, man. It's been crazy. So I have, a, I have, to, uh, I have to give you a confession. You're Mr inflatable your home is on the smyrna tour of homes and so check it uh, out well i did not get an invite to have steaks um we did um put up inflatables this weekend and so what i should have done is called you because this is the first year that we've ever done christmas inflatables so heidi and frankie my daughter go out um they pick up three inflatables I, i guess the last three at the store they went to they bring him home. So all day Saturday, I'm wrestling with this Santa. I cannot get Santa upright. He keeps flopping over. And I'm just like, I got to call Brad because there's some technique to how you put the <laughs> string 
and everything else was working fine. And then I, you know, did, did you read the instructions? And I was like, well, what are you talking about? You just plug them in and you stake them down and they go. Well, it turns out that there's this whole diagram technique about where you're supposed to place the, uh, the strings coming off of, you know, San Mr. Santa. And um, voila, once I read the instructions for one minute, Santa's upright. So Saturday, the thing's working. All my neighbors are like, wow, you know, we put them right down the big driveway. So everybody sees this giant 12-foot reindeer, this 10-foot Christmas tree, and this 8-foot Santa as you come down our hill. Sunday, I go out in the morning to turn him on, and Santa's dead. He had developed a hole. We didn't leave him on overnight, but that's what you get when you pay $29 for your 8-foot Santa. So <laughs> I had to go replace Santa today, and we now have a 12-foot Santa that was three times. The year's better. So we'll see. Yeah, man, it definitely. Size matters. Size matters when it comes to Santas and inflatables. We have been made fun of, actually, as one of the dads who was over here on Saturday night said, the... <laughs> the lights above our kitchen table started flickering, right? So he went off making fun of me and like having to put an extra panel in and how the inflatables out in the front yard were being uh, absorbing all of the power and how other, uh, other people's, you know, lights weren't working because all of the power was being concentrated to our front yard. But I'd say here's the trick to inflatables for all you biz dads out there. Proper tie down and anchoring is key. Yes. Don't ever trust, don't ever trust small little stakes that they give you particularly if this is one of like the heavy duty inflatables that have the stand built in yeah there's two types of, two types of inflatables for you inflatable virgins out there inflatable one crappy little little bit of sand in the bottom just pin it down and it blows up a little fan two motor. yeah a little fan motor two much bigger motor bigger fan more animation and it comes with a stand they never give you the right stakes for either. It doesn't matter. And wind is your biggest enemy when it comes to inflatables. So the key is to make sure that you properly tether. Always tether. Must tether. Say the word tether a lot. It helps. And then anchor. Okay? It's not just like making sure all your – if you got the proper tethering and you have the proper uh, you know, staking, you still need to go with like maybe a rock in the bottom of that one and – you know, use the tree strategically over here. I mean, it's a, it's an art, brother. It's an art. Okay. Well, university. Uh, I have no idea what tethering means when it comes to inflatables. I definitely am using the cheap big box store stakes that they gave me. The little metal four-inch things. Uh, those metal couple, Those are crap. A couple hammer sledges are now bent, all mangled and janky, and I'm doing it on a hill. What I'm gonna need is for Brad to come over um, one time this week and look into my situation. Uncle Sal is making an appearance from Los Angeles starting tomorrow evening, so I'm gonna put him on the job tomorrow afternoon. I did hang lights, a la Mr. Olecki. Day one was an inflatable day and raking. Day two was a light day, and Heidi said to me, challenge, Andres, there's no way you're going to put up those 10 spools of LED lights. You bought them in Kansas City back in 2016, <laughs> one time. And then the only other year you put them up here was when your dad was here for Christmas. So Andres did his best Clark Griswold. He got up in the attic. This time I didn't step through the drywall like I had previously. Yeah, at I remember that. And I got down the 10 spools of lights. And hung every last spool on Sunday. So if you come to my house, you will not only see the entire fence line in LED, but I also did the trampoline. Phenomenal. I couldn't be more proud to be your partner in podcasting. I feel like, I feel like you got inspired when you borrowed the snake. You saw what magic, the magical winter wonderlander could look like, and you, um, yes. you took it to the next level. Great job. I'm happy to come help. Um, as a definition uh, for the uh, you know the reference section of the podcast, tethering is when you use the uh, ropes that come with the inflatables and those cheap plastic stakes to properly anchor you know the inflatable down. Now the challenge again is the proper pressure must be applied in all directions. Yeah. To again maintain proper tethering. So. Okay. 
the master's class just got served to the biz dad nation. You are all all ready to go. Well, you, uh, there's no way I couldn't say, you know, last Monday was my birthday or my Happy birthday slash an early present from Santa. Speaking of master class, we're queuing off each other tonight so well. My wife got me a master class membership. So I don't know if you're familiar with master class, but I yeah, have to tell fantastic. you, we turned on one master class last Saturday while you were having steaks. Hopefully ribeyes, fillets. Fillet, fillets. We were watching our first masterclass by Doris Kearns Goodwin. You know I'm a huge reader, and she's the presidential biographer. So I have to tell you, man, it was pretty amazing. I was kind of skeptical about masterclass. I was going back and forth, and it was the best gift that I've gotten in a long time. So for all you biz dads out there looking to step up your So what was the first one you did? We did Doris Kearns Goodwin. We watched two of the 10 lessons on her leadership, like masterclass. And we both looked at each other like, shit, we need to go back and rewatch the first two episodes because there was so much good, insightful, humorous, interesting content that she shared about the six or seven presidents that she's written about, Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, Lincoln, it was, it's, it's phenomenal. I'm just, I'm looking forward to the holidays with a little downtime to check out some of these other, um, these other podcasts. We, um, I have found two great ones for you to take. Tony Hawk teaches skateboarding. Yeah. And Simone Biles teaches gymnastics, both of which I'm going to need you to take and report sometime in January when you've healed. Okay. I'm in, I, uh, I've been seeing a lot of Simone Biles ads on TV and, the Tony Hawk one, now that my kids are getting of that age, I'm sure skateboarding's in their future. I owned a skateboard one year. One year we had skateboards. Christian Hoy was my uh, was my board. So. Yeah, man. Santa has, I, I think he has conflict issues, you know, whether or not he wants to do the skateboards and the hoverboards and all that kind of stuff. That's the, that's the tough. They come with emergency room visits, I feel like. I was never a skateboarder. For those of you that know me, I'm sure you find this very, very difficult to believe. But as a Husky child who repped the Husky jeans of Levi Strauss and Wrangler, I was never effective on a skateboard. And uh, I'm sure this surprises all of you. So I'm sure my kids probably won't be either. But um, to all of our listeners, um, I have seen this man dance in Mexico. And he does have the nickname Twinkle Toes. So don't let him fool you. He is light on his feet. So whether it's a skateboard or a dance floor, he knows how to move. I'll own that. Just don't put me on wheels or skates. Well, you know, it's it's pretty interesting. I think the last thing I want to talk about happened uh, happened very, very, very rapidly. And I think the rest of our listeners need to know that we talked about your wife earlier. You know, we were talking very early this morning because your wife is now my rag bride partner and we have two holdouts in the team biz dads one andres no nope. and two i'm in you're in i locked it up you have I officially wanted, registered i wanted to tell you live on the air brad it was so important that this was wow. such a big, big goal of yours that we are officially now down to only one holdout which would be your lovely bride I um, I just can't wait to come up with a name for our team. And whether it's on tonight's show or a future show, we start to talk about logistics because it will be every show because I feel we have a lot of planning to do. <laughs> uh, well, look, let me tell you something. This is major. OK, outside of Ann's bombshell from last week, this is the second largest bombshell in biz dad history because one, I didn't expect you to do it. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Two. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Three people, right. three people make a team. So now we can get an RV pass. And you want to talk about true serendipity? There is an, an, a live auction going on right now. So anybody who, you know, wants to support uh, the National Guard Family Support Foundation, uh, a bunch of the Cobb County leaders, you have to text GUARD, G-U-A-R-D, to 72727. This is pretty cool. It is a fundraiser that they are doing for the National Guard Family Foundation, right? We're not getting paid for any of this. I just thought it was really neat. 
I'm flipping through the silent auction items, and what do I come across? I come across a Class C week-long RV rental with the opening bid of $600 for seven days, no mileage, everything included. God said, I bless thou, Ragbari team. Team BizDads, is in, is, they're in the works, dude. We're going to have to broadcast uh, live from the air. So seven days so. across Iowa, Andres. How excited are you? Well, first of all, let's give a little context here. Um, by the way, we haven't even finished our intro to tonight's show, so let's, <laughs> uh, let's try to encapsulate Ragbri and uh, sum it up. A little cliffhanger, if you will, for future shows. So Ragbri, first of all, the first time I met my wife and I heard that term, I'm like, what in the hell does that stand for? Who came up with it? Because Iowa, a great state, lots of smart people, they pronounce towns and cities in Iowa differently than they're pronounced every else, everywhere else in the world. For example, having been uh, in Europe and been to the wonderful Spanish city of Madrid, they pronounce it Madrid. So things like that. So when you hear the term ragbri, you're like, what does that stand for? Ragbri stands for register, as in Des Moines register, registers, that's the R, registers American great ride Cross, bike ride across Iowa. Like, yeah, I mean, what else so, do you say? Now it's 490 <laughs> this year. The Red Ride will start in northwest Iowa and will kind of end in southeast Iowa. The shortest ride is 49 miles, I think, in one day. Yep. The longest being almost 90. Approximately 8,500 riders. We'll have to see this year because last year's. Well, this year's was canceled because of COVID. You could sign up for a week pass or you could sign up for a day pass. And, of course, Brad only goes big, so he signed up for the week-long pass. So we are going to ride across Iowa. We ride it dirty. Yeah. Somehow find accommodations. Eat plenty of good, hearty Iowa pork, corn on the cob, everything else that God's blessed that wonderful state with. And most of the stops are in cool, small little towns that apply and buy for the right to host Ragbri about every five years. So it's going to be quite the right, Andres. Everything that you said in that sentence is why God put me on this earth, except for the part about exercise, which we're going to have to do, but I'm getting better at it. So we do, you go from, and we're, we're, and by the way, we're dropping the sports and biz news because this is too much fun. We're jumping into Day one, we go from Lamar's to Storm Lake, 61 miles. Day two, Storm Lake to Fort Dodge, 73 miles. Day three, Fort Dodge to Iowa Falls, 54 miles. Then Iowa Falls to Waterloo. Waterloo to Anamosa, 82 miles. Anamosa to Makuketa, <laughs> which now Makuketa has to be changed. They have, a, unfortunately, a construction issue. 46 miles, ending in Clinton, Iowa, on the Mississippi River. So we go from the Colorado, was the Colorado to the Mississippi? Is that what borders Iowa? Right? River to river. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And um, so you go border to border, 470 miles across the beautiful state of Iowa. I couldn't be more excited. I heard about this from a friend of mine who still lives out there. She was dropping info on me um, because – there's a little bit of conspiracy too going on. You know, last year, the entire staff yeah. by and started their own ride. I think Ride Iowa or something like that. So there's competing Iowa races. So now we're going to have to do both of them ah. and tell the biz dads world which one's better. But I, I, we're still, you know, Team Biz Dads is still taking uh, applications. So go register. Ragbari, R-A-G-B-R-A-I. That's right. It's July the 25th through the 31st. So all the logistics that Brad mentioned earlier, I think are probably the most complicated part for people from out of town because you've got to find obviously a bike to ride. You got to get it there. Then you got to have a place to sleep. Some people camp, some people get Airbnbs. My in-laws have generously hosted a group, a team from Texas, these guys um, reached out to them because they're about two blocks away whenever Ames, Iowa, is the host, goes Cyclones, top team this year in football. 
um, they live like three blocks away from where the major festival and the stage and all the food is. So these guys reached out to them just cold and said, hey, could we sleep in your backyard? So Jim and Dion put up this team in their backyard and they let them use the shower and they cook them a nice hot meal and let them use the facilities and get some air conditioning. And then in the morning, those guys are up and out and they've done it now like three times. So I wish we were going through Ames because uh, we'd get some wonderful home cooking for my mother-in-law, but we're going to have to figure it out. That, that's part of doing this. It'll be an adventure and uh, we're going to meet people from all over the world from what I hear. And obviously because of COVID this year was canceled. So I would assume it's going to be quite pretty if, uh, if it actually happens. Well, dude, that's why I am uh, bidding on this RV because Margaret Ann probably won't jump on the bike, but she could drive the RV. We'll get an RV pass. You have to have three on a team in order to get an RV pass. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. I was already communicating with the amazing team there today. So much more to come for all you listeners out there, because look, this is going to be fun. And go ahead and send us a note if you want to join Team Biz Dads. We talked a little bit about jumping into some sports and business. So instead of completely killing it, because we had such a long intro, let's knock some things out real quick. What do you think, Andres? Let's jump into it. This week's sports and business. So a couple big things have happened we wanted to talk about. First, Ann and I, producer Twist, we're talking about the Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather have decided to fight in February. So as if our conversation on him last week wasn't enough. Uh, he was the undercard with Nate Robinson before the Tyson Jones Jr. fight. He's now stepping in to fight arguably the best one or two best pound for pound fighters in the world ever, right? Who's just recently retired. I mean, a few years ago. So he's going to get absolutely smoked. There's no way this guy can hold his own. I'm calling it now. There's my hot take. Wait, Brad, you know that Logan Paul is, what's his name? Is it, It's his older brother. I don't care who it is. He's not a professional boxer. He's getting waxed. So I didn't pay attention to that part. But regardless, he's getting waxed. Thanks Here's for correcting me. my thing. What, what, what are these? Is, is boxing at the point now where, um, is it COVID? Or are there just not? professionals that want to fight anymore has it gotten to that point is there so many guys like going into mma and or is it what is it with all these celebrities now getting into boxing well i think for the paul brothers it was just it's something they wanted they, they really got into yeah. i think it's more gimmicky than anything i think um it was kind of a fluke for nate robinson you know to call out jake paul yeah and then you've got Logan Paul, who's now fighting Floyd Mayweather. I mean, look, for Floyd Mayweather, Roy Jones Jr., Mike Tyson, like this is just a big, big payday to end their careers, right? What do they care? Boxing is at a point, in my opinion, where there are no superstars left. Floyd, May- Floyd Mayweather was the last one. I mean, the last fight that you watched of um, Pacquiao Mayweather and then, you know, Conor McGregor Mayweather – that stuff's done, man. I don't think any of that happens again. I, there's just not big enough names. So I think boxing is uh, going the way of the dodo bird. I, I just, I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but there's just nobody there to carry that sport on. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I just haven't followed the sport close enough. Um, I know we talked about it last week with the Tyson and uh, Roy Jones Jr. fight. So this is, this is interesting. I guess, I guess people are wanting to jump on it while, uh, while they're hot and, I don't know. These boxers are are these former professional boxers or retired boxers. I just wonder if they're just kind of getting into the ring to put the gloves on, lace them up, and have a little fun, or if it's financially motivated, or if it's just trying to stay relevant. But I don't know. I'm with you. Boxing has lost a little bit of its luster since the the days of the middleweights and some of the heavyweights, like we talked about with Tyson and others. Well, Snoop Dogg is bringing it back. If y'all saw that, Snoop Dogg starting a new uh, league called the Fighting, the Fight Club, and Snoop Dogg and Triller are putting it on. Well, that's Tyson's too. Tyson is actually the main money behind that, I believe, isn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah, they talked a lot about that in that fight. It's all there's so that there's a well, Tyson's is all legend. It's like a Legends Fight Club. So, 
I think you're going to get a lot of these guys that go back and, uh, and and fight. But regardless, it's it's grasping at straws at this point. So February 20th, 2021, you have something to buy on pay-per-view. Or at least I'll buy it and we'll talk more about it when it all goes down. Andres, there were some interesting things happening in, in, in the finance world. Hit us with a couple of things that we talked about here. Yeah, there's a couple of things that I thought were kind of cool. You know, I'm the finance geek, I guess, of the show, but um, they're also sort of sports related as well. So I thought it was worth mentioning. There's a new impact investment fund that's made a little bit of news uh, that Chris Paul from now the Phoenix Suns, recently traded Chris Paul, um, is a, quote, ambassador for. So it's called the Turner Impact uh, fund or Turner Impact Capital. And what they're doing, Brad, is um, investing in uh, what is called affordable housing. So it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting, but I think timely and also important fund. And this is the third fund, I believe. And, and uh, affordable housing is effectively trying to, to, to develop multifamily, mostly rental housing in major cities close to jobs. Like think about places like Vegas, um, Phoenix, you know, so so where jobs are actually being created, but where it's expensive to live. And so uh, this this Turner guy, he's launched an impact fund and he's hooked up with uh, Chris Paul, who is providing visibility and probably some introductions. And they're, I think, in the midst of raising, I think their third fund, it's going to be about a four hundred million dollar fund. And uh, they've got about eight or nine thousand units around the country. So. Um, another example of what we've talked about in several of our shows about um, more of the kind of combination of the finance and sports and entertainment world um, happening. And if you've paid attention to the NBA free agency, uh, these guys are pulling in a lot of dough, man. I've seen a couple of the deals over the last few weeks, and uh, it's just it's amazing. You know, guys are making $30, $40 million a year now. And uh, those are obviously the top level guys, but but even guys who are, you know, 50th to 100th best in the league, if you will, in terms of overall rankings are getting 70, 80, 100 million dollar deals. So there's just a lot of cash and I'm sure they're looking to find ways to diversify it. The other thing I thought was interesting back to the uh, the ever present SPACs that we've talked about. Uh, there's a new SPAC that has been making a little bit of news with the management team of the Cubs or the ownership group of the Cubs. The Ricketts uh, are partnering up with uh, an individual to launch a almost a $400 million SPAC, and they're going to try to raise capital to go out and, and make an investment in a TMT uh, asset, which would be a technology, media, or telecom asset. So I'm thinking content. Um, I'm thinking something in the in the realm of what you're doing brad with uh with trenches so there should be more to come in the uh in the spac world and then lastly how could we not have a sports and business conversation without talking about baker mayfield and the browns dude nine and three look man here's what happens okay you don't talk to a pitcher when they come into the dugout when they're throwing a no hitter so therefore that's right we're not going to we're not going to talk about that just yet, okay? okay? Browns have proven that they are consistently bad now for three decades. Um, a lot's going to have to happen for me to get too crazyly optimistic, okay? All right, all right, let's go. Let's talk about that later. Um, but I will say that I really need to figure out how to get involved. Like we have to put our brains together, dude, and figure out how in the world do we actually get into this world where all of this, you know, venture capital money and these stacks and yeah. private, I, dude, like, where is that? And how in the hell are we not figuring it out? I feel like I know enough about the sports entertainment business. I feel like we're kind of on the cutting edge with trenches on how technology and data are playing a role in the fan experience and how brands utilize it. I mean, we are, I know enough about this stuff, and it's like, good God, why can't I think of something that's going to put us in the conversation, man? Well, I tell you, one other area that's made a lot of news, I think it's an interesting niche in the alternative investment space, which is where I work, is in song um, catalogs or or the sale of 
uh, artist catalogs. So most recently, today, it was announced that Bob Dylan, I'm not a huge fan of his music. I mean, I, I love a few of his songs, but um, I can't say I'm a huge fan, but um, he sold his entire catalog to Universal Music. Um, and that's just the latest in a string of, of these deals where it's all about content, man. People are realizing that there is hundreds of millions of dollars. You know that he has not only a Nobel Prize in literature, but the 79-year-old legend, he has 600 copyrights spanning six decades. Do you know how much that music catalog probably fetched? It's yeah, they think it was upwards of around $300 million, right? Amazing. It Amazing. was undisclosed. Stevie Nicks sold hers for $100 million. Yeah. I mean telling you what's what's fascinating to me and we're doing a little bit in the music industry right now and what's fascinating to me is how the music industry is changing rapidly and instantly these artists that are at the tail ends of their careers are cashing in because they know there's no more money for them to be made for them to make distributing Mm -hmm. that that content okay 0.0003 cents for every stream isn't worth their time anymore so why not offload it and take care of their families and their legacy? And I had a really interesting conversation on this big project we're working on um, with the Grammy uh, Museum Project. And we were talking to an icon, a daughter of an icon who runs his estate. I mean, an icon uh, here from the state of Georgia. And, and we were just talking a lot about how there is a need for creators and 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 everyone really to just understand the education of how the music industry is evolving, how money needs to be managed. I mean, it goes back to the fiscal responsibility conversation we talked talked about in, in the world in general. Like people just don't have a grasp on the business. And she said a quote that will stick with me forever. She said the quote that her father always told her was 85% business, 15% show. And this is one of the greatest showmen of all time. And for him to only say 15% show says something, right? Pretty fascinating. For, for the Stevie Nicks of the world and the Bob Dylans of the world to all jump in, I absolutely love it. And then I would say this one last thing, and then I, w- I want you to kind of chime in too. The music industry is evolving to where the way our kids consume music will not even be through streaming, through Spotify and Apple Music. The music industry is, ch- is changing so quickly that um, because artists can no longer make money selling CDs, right? Or now through touring, which is going to be reduced because the amount of people are going to be allowed in venues for the next couple of years. They create these Travis Scott or Marshmallow type deals where they are in games. Mm. And as a special add-on, you can buy their album a week or so before it's released to the general public. I mean, the, the gaming space, the, the esports, the gaming, the Fortnites of the world have gotten so big and with a reach like Twitch and YouTube and all that so widespread that it makes more sense for an artist to go in, drop an album in that game as an add-on buy. They use their V-Bucks or whatever for when the kids are you know playing Fortnite. Get that album and be able to listen to it. And then it goes to stream. I mean, think about that, man. We used to just go buy tapes and CDs, and it was that easy, right? And now there's no place for us to go buy it. We get it for free, but then that hurts the artists, obviously. And now they're finding a way to make that money and to redistribute it. I just, it, It blows my mind. I'm fascinated with it, and I think it's incredibly advanced the way the music industry is looking at everything. Very, very cool. Yeah. Well, two quick things. One, I was asked by the publisher of the new Spotify book that has yet to hit the shelves. Basically, it's uh, the story of how Spotify came to be. Because I uh, reached out to the publisher and asked them if I could read an advanced copy of the book, um, I'm reading now the story behind how Spotify came to be. And you're right. That is a fascinating space, how those guys came to be. So Look for my reviews soon. I need that book. I, I need to just, I need to be educated on that kind of stuff. But one final point on sports and business. Green Sky, right? Isn't that the name of, or Greenlight, isn't that the name of the kids' debit card that you and the kids have been using? Yeah, Greenlight Financial. Okay. So you're going to go to bed scratching your little temple there wondering, how do I get into this private equity game? So today, a competitor of... 
green light. Is it green, green light? light? Yep. Green light. Yep. Okay. Called Go Henry. Okay. Go Henry. So all of our biz dads can go out there now and they can Google Go Henry. It's a competitor to Greenlight. They just landed a $40 million growth equity investment from Edison Partners, a growth equity, private equity firm. And it's effectively the same business. It's a debit card. It's all about teaching kids better money habits. And they're going to use the $40 million to try to add new products and expand their services. I mean, I'm telling you, man, it's, uh, it's just, you do is think about it. I, I mean, I think about like, who are the people behind these companies? It's to me, it's pretty fascinating. And that that's why the masterclass, like I go back to the first thing I said about the masterclass, when you listen to people who are just so dialed into their craft. It's just, it's, it's, it's really cool actually, just to listen to people who are so deep into whatever it is that they're doing. So I don't know, man, we get into it is you start specializing in something and before long, you just immersed in it and things start to happen. So specialize. Well, full circle for me, the guys that we've had a chance to talk with the guys at Greenlight and we haven't been able to, to get them where we want them and getting partnership in place. But and we're all over Go Henry because the cool thing about Go Henry is they Go Henry is just it's just an example of what the name they would say Go Renzo or Go Andrew or Go Ann. They personalize the card based on the name, right? Very very cool. We also talked about there's another one out there that's targeting high schoolers. Step Financial. They are a credit card. You know the, what is her name? Um, Demilio Ann. What's the the girl's name from TikTok? Charlie. Charlie. Charlie Demilio. Like. 100 million followers on TikTok that are really probably the original, the, the the OG TikToker at 15, 16 years old is now doing advertising for this group, Step Financial. 500,000 users in two months of their original launch. 500,000 in two months. Wow. And it's ultimately just that. It's financial literacy for these kids. Now, the bad part is that has a much bigger cliff for a high schooler who doesn't have the parental control to not be able to manage that, right? They jump off the cliff and they're gone into debt, which it would backfire. What's cool about Greenlight and what it sounds like GoHenry is the parents control it and it's a teaching tool. Um, very, very cool. We we got to dig into that more because we're big fans of Greenlight. Um, we use it with the boys. They're motivated to earn money. They're motivated to save money. They know how to spend it. Um, and they even were teaching them how to to donate it or to give it. Um, very, very cool. But hey, I want to jump into something real quick here. So let's wrap up sports and biz news. We're getting close to our normal time. We may go over a little bit, which makes Ann's skin itch. But uh, here it is. We're going to jump into a little cul-de-sec chat. So we've talked about um, my involvement with this big-ass calendar club, right? Um, I had a call prior to the show today with Jesse Itzler the head coach, husband of Sarah Blakely, founder of Marquee Jets, super extremist in all things, build your life resume is his main focus. So he's got all these new things. And we were talking about 2021 planning. And ironically, in the world of trenches, Twist and I were talking about 2021 planning. And he gave seven key things to focus on going into next year. And I want, to, I want to give you each of them, and I want your feedback on them, okay? These are seven things that you can do to improve your effectiveness, output, balance going into 2021, right? These are just by Jesse Itzler and something that I think all of them resonated pretty, pretty strongly with me. Number one, it seems almost counterproductive, but make fewer goals. Be more centralized, more focused, make fewer goals, right? I thought that was pretty interesting. What say you? I think it makes sense. Yeah, I think you got to dial in and focus on like a couple, three things. So I like it. That was a big one for me. I have a hard time thinking too big and, and, and going to try to do too much. So for me, it's about centralizing and minimalizing. Um, so fewer goals, number one. Number two, find one thing that's broken in your life and fix it and work to fix that one thing. So think Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's something 
actually physical that's broken that's a big challenge for you find that one thing and really work and focus towards that so the first two really speak towards focus i love it and you know i can think of a handful of things in my life that i need to fix but finding and focusing on one gives me the opportunity to uh you know to know that i've got a lot of years to go and i'll work on one big thing a year and be able to give it my full attention yeah, I think I think that's I think that's really sage advice from Jesse, and um, I, because it it's consistent with when people take January, you know, everybody sets all these goals for the beginning of the year. A lot of them have to do with health and eating better and more kind and more patient, but that's just too much, right? So I think you're right. You got to pick something. Start building from that. Exactly. All right, Twist. This one's for you plan everyone has a routine in the morning or they have a routine throughout the day but do you have an evening routine are you planning for the next day can you take five to ten minutes every night and plan for the next day map out your day just a few minutes not not getting into great detail but just knowing i'm going to do this this and this i'm going to spend this time here and that time here that's one that i know i really need to do and it's part of a daily vitamin for me to focus on planning that next day. And I have not been able to find the best routine for that. So that's a big one for me. And what do you think? I like that. I need to start doing that. I sometimes do that. I like try to think, okay, what am I doing tomorrow? What am I working on tomorrow? So I kind of do that. I don't write it down, I guess, but I should do that. There you go. Number four, and this may be my favorite one. Pick a word and work to live that word. Kind of like a theme for your year. So I'd ask you guys this, if you had to, just off the top of your head, think of a word to live the next year by, what would it be? I kind of do that now, and I have something that tells me what word I used every day, and I always found myself writing the same word, which was accomplished. So accomplished, I guess. I like that. It's goal, goal-oriented. I like it. Accom- accomplished. Very good. I like that one, Ann. Andres, do you have one? I tend to think three to four steps ahead about what I want it to look like. Take the podcast, take writing a blog, take making a post instead of starting. So mine is starting or start because all that other shit will happen eventually. But if you don't start three and four and five steps from now, it won't ever happen. Another great one. I like that. I wrote down four and I haven't decided which one I want to do yet. But consistent was one of mine. It'll surprise everyone to hear me say balanced. Um, Commitment, cadence, uh, routine, right? Mm -hmm. Falling into the right cadence. Um, But I like like that. I mean, I've got to figure out what that word is for me because I've had some self-realization over the last week or two with some conversations I've had. And one of the biggest challenges that I face is – what he actually says is number six here. I'm going to jump ahead. Saying no. Learn to say no more often. And for me, instead of trying to do too many things, be more structured and more organized in what I do well, what I can do well. So uh, the next one, ultimately number five, say no. And what he means by that is don't worry about an explanation and use the no's to actually pay off in your favor. Take it advantage of the opportunity to to actually build a relationship because you may not do something immediately the first time don't always have to take that meeting um you know you don't always have to go to that dinner you don't always have to help in that way or volunteer but what are you going to do to make up for that to the person down the road and how are you strengthening the relationship with that individual i thought that was really really cool and a big one for me as I've gone through this kind of weight journey, uh, health, you know, health journey over the last, um, you know, what, two months, um, you know, I've been pretty fortunate. I've, I've really gotten into this thing and lost almost 40 pounds, really getting into this program. And number six was to think weekly, not daily, to specifically think about What am I going to do on a week as a cumulative as opposed to not doing something today and beating yourself up for it or giving up because you didn't stay on task or on track? 
sort of think weekly. I thought that was really, really cool. And I think I struggle with, I didn't jump on the Peloton today. Now I feel like shit. Well, if I decide as a goal that I'm going to do the Peloton four times a week, I still have four or five or six days to make up for it. Right. So I'm going to jump on. I like that. Yeah. That was cool. And then number seven, and this is, this goes to a book I'm reading. Um, I don't know what it is about the end of the year. That's got me all, you know, jacked up, but I started reading a book on Drace. Wow. I'm impressed for dramatic effect. (sighs) And it is not filled with pictures. It's another big one. Giftology. Giftology is a book. The premise of it is it, it was written by a guy who was the number one salesman for Cutco. And it's, the, it's it's really the art and science of using gifts. This guy, John Rulin, was the number one salesman for Cutco and, and it has got into entrepreneurs organization, which I'm in. And, you know, basically goes to that saying no element of Jesse's piece. And that's how are you using the relationships that you build to make yourself stand out. Um, he uses this story as an example early in the book. He talks about how he was um, working to get business from the CEO of a major Fortune 500 company. And he was in Cleveland and he was the guy was flying in to speak at an event. He had invited him a couple months earlier. They met at a conference. He had invited him to a Cavs game and dinner. And he got a text from the guy earlier that day he's like, hey, man, travel's been a nightmare. My day's all jacked up. You know, he didn't say I'm not. This, this is a CEO. Didn't say I'm not going to uh, bail. I'm I'm not canceling. But he was just kind of letting him know. Right. And empathy kicked in for for John. And he said, all right, I know this guy doesn't want to go to this game. It's a lot to ask of him right now. He had he had remembered that earlier on they were talking about his favorite this CEO's favorite store being Brooks Brothers. So this guy literally in the middle of the day leaves, goes and spends seven thousand dollars at Brooks Brothers, getting everything in the new fall collection for this guy, brings it back to his hotel room and sets up basically a shopping spree for this CEO at the Ritz Carlton where he's staying. He you know worked it all out, much more detail, but at the end of the day. This guy gets there and he has this unbelievable surprise waiting for him where this guy is so understanding of the terrible day that he had that he set up this opportunity for him to have this experience. And then they just met in the lobby for drinks afterwards. And the guy said, the CEO came down and he goes, whatever you want, however you want, whatever you want to talk about for however long you want to talk about it. I'm in right now. Let's go. It completely changed the dynamic of the guy's day. Um, and, you know, I, I've heard about this book before, but never done anything with it. So I will continue to report back as I read through it. It'll probably take me three months. you be done with it already in a week. But uh, Giftology, the art and science of using gifts to cut through the noise. And you're going to read this one, too, because this is going to be a philosophy I think we uh, we adopt. I was just going to say, I don't know if I should read it as I'm currently gift making gifts. <laughs> you're making you're, that's so cute. You're making cute little Christmas ornaments. Look at that. I like it, I will say, Anna's a thoughtful gift giver. I bet she is. I can totally see that. Look, man, I I like it. I think we need to have like a a, a top three, top five list every week on something. Not not to kill any of our other segments, but I I, I like where your your session went with Jesse tonight, and I'm glad you could share some of that. The, The other word that came to mind as you were talking about some of the things that, and that's awesome that you shared some of the things you struggle with and challenge. We all do, right? Um, one of the books that I just finished that I um, I highly recommend to you and to others, um, it's definitely had a, an impact on me in a very short period of time, is a book called ha- Atomic Habits. It's uh, by a guy named James Clear. Um, one of my uh, good friends, uh, Sal Renzo, who's a He's a biz dad, lives up in New York. We um, spent three years living over in Italy together, and he's uh, one of my accountability partners. He recommended the book to me. So I just finished it uh, last week, and one of the things that emerged out of that book is it's all about habits. You know, a lot of the things that you talked about in terms of commitment and focus and saying no, taking five or 10 minutes at the end of the day to plan your morning, plan your next day. Uh, all these ideas are great. And uh, I think a lot of it for me, it, it boils down to just having good habits. And um, some concepts that came out of that book 
like habit stacking and um, accountability partners. I think that's some of the stuff we're doing. So that's good stuff, man. I uh, We're going to have a lot to talk about on the uh, hot asphalt of Iowa in, uh, in about 230 days. So this show is going to provide plenty of buildup, and we're going to have plenty of time to break it down. We each have a Peloton. We're blessed. So we have plenty of time to prepare. No excuses. And... Uh, now it's just about those logistics. Yeah, let's be clear. I'm not talking to you while we ride. I'm going to try not to die. That's where my mentality is right now. I'm going to be like, where's the ambulance? Stay close to the ambulance in case I fall, I fall out. Um, but I do agree. It's it, This has been a big um, quarter for me as it relates to learning a lot about myself and focusing on myself and getting into some of these programs that have been really, really effective. And he gave me three more tips. So next week, we'll hit on the three tips for small business owners, which are not just relevant to small business owners, but I think anybody that uh, is really focused on their professional career. So there's your tease. Mm. All right, let's wrap up this bad boy. Let's jump into this week's final four. All right, Twist, this was your final four. Favorite holiday activity. It is the season, as they say. The jolly old fat man comes uh, in a few weeks. Hanukkah starts in, uh, what, a week? A few days. And, uh, yeah, just a few days. And, um, you know, tis the season. So, Anne, what is your favorite holiday activity? I love everything about the holidays, but my number one is just the holiday parties. Just because everyone's in such much a better mood. The spirits are always so much higher. Everyone's much more happier and they're excited to go out and they're excited to talk to new people and not just stick in the corner and talk to their friends. I feel like everyone's much more outgoing on holiday parties for some reason. And loves in the air. I feel like the, the past month I've seen everyone's Instagram saying their one year, their three year, their five year happy like relationship years that they've had. And just everyone's just happier in, in December, I've decided. <laughs> Don't let that. So two things for you. One, for Christmas this year, you're getting COVID for the third time if you go to all these holiday parties. <laughs> and two, <laughs> and two, don't be getting all sentimental in the holidays now. I mean, you dropped the bombshell. Are, are we going to stick with this bombshell decision, or are we going to uh, jump right I back meant, into the pool? I meant holidays like in the past. So I guess I'm not going to a lot of parties this year, but in the past. My over and under on how many holiday parties you go to is set at eight. Andre, is she taking the over or under? I'm going to take the under on that. I think she's going to be, I think she's going to have fun, but she's going to be responsible. And there's going to be. Have you ever heard the phrase 10 foot tall and bulletproof? Because that's what Anne is feeling like right now, that she's COVID proof, their second positive test. Well, I have, not going to lie, I have lived in the same house with my positive COVID roommate for the week. So I think my immune system can handle anything now. God help us in our future. I love, we talked about this already, but I really, truly get a kick out of decorating. Um, I, 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 I embrace the tackiness of Christmas. Um, the tacky sweaters, the overindulgence at times, the tacky decorations, the, uh, but I'm, you know, my inflatables, my, yeah, I want to create the winter wonderland, man. That's it for me. I'm glad you're getting the bug too there, DJ Andres. Yeah, my. Uh, well, I, I like the tacky idea. Uh, I did go tacky with some lights in the front yard on Saturday night to just to scare Heidi and all of the neighbors were like, what's your husband doing over there with those lights? <laughs> but I took them down Sunday. Mine are uh, mine are food related. Uh, my favorite things on the holidays, um, tamales, fresh tamales. Um, I've been eating those since I was a little boy. And uh, that's just a big tradition of mine. Um, and the friendly Sandate uh, gingerbread house competition is going virtual this year. So we're going to do Zoom gingerbread house making um, with the Sandates around the country. So that's always been a fun little afternoon activity for us. There you go. I like it. You're like wrapping it. us up? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard not to love the, ho- the holiday movies, particularly some of the classics like uh, Christmas Vacation and... A Christmas Story and Elf and Home Alone. I mean, there's some classics out there, man. And uh, 
I have yet to allow my kids to watch Christmas Vacation. It's my all-time classic favorite. We've had a lot of friends who have let their kids watch. There's a couple, you know, dirty words in there. Um, hopefully, I can parent that out of them. But I feel like they need to watch that and see if they get it, see where they're at. Um, maybe just Ben. I don't know about Andrew. We'll see. But, you know, can I let just one of them watch it? But I think the holiday movies, that's that's a big one for me. I agree. We watched The Christmas Vacation Saturday. So we went all in. The kids, I think, got most of the movie. Some of the silly jokes and some of the scenes, you know, I'm thinking about the swimming pool scene. And I'm thinking about when Clark goes to the department store to, you know, to shop. Absolute classic. Yeah. But, no, I mean, all in all, it was, um, yeah, it was it was probably a little ahead of them, but it was fun. It was uh, it was clean. It was an AMC edited version, so. So you got the clean version. See, I the department store scene. I really want to see Ben and Andrew's face. Tis the season to be merry. That's my name. Appreciate it. <laughs> Absolute classic. All right. Well, hey, another great episode. Uh, we got into a lot of stuff. Thanks for uh, for, for walking through all of this with me, and most importantly, well, man, here's to getting in the saddle. Riding Ragbari 2021. More to come on that. You people are all going to think we're crazy and you probably stop listening just because we talk about it too much. But that's it. That's this week's Biz Dads. We're out.